one of the most sought-after names going into the trade deadline. Ben Sherratt will join us momentarily. Right from the get-go, we knew for sure he was going to be one of those defensemen that was going to move. Lindholm, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Jacob Chikrin, we didn't know. But Ben Sherratt, we did. Yeah, I mean, the exact type of guy that I think a lot of people are like, all right, playoffs, that's the type of guy you want. All right, let's bring him in now. Ben Sherratt, uh, who made his debut with the Florida Panthers, now joins us. First and foremost, uh, Ben, congratulations, uh, I guess, on the trade and and the chance to maybe compete again for another Stanley Cup. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's, uh, you know, it's what every every player wants is a chance to win the Cup. And uh, coming to a team like Florida, I have as good a chance as, as any team in the league this year. So it's uh, it's a great opportunity for me. And, I'm excited to uh, to get going here with them. What are your first impressions of being down there? I've seen a couple of things. I saw uh, Claude Giroux talk about just the pace of practice and things with Florida was really impressive. I also saw, I think it was Sam Bennett talking about the garage and guys having Lamborghinis. What are your first takeaways from being in Florida? You know what? I haven't even got to Florida yet, so I'll let you know in a few days because oh, yeah. of my immigration <laughs> and stuff. I was stuck in uh, stuck in Montreal, but one thing that really sticks out to me is just how deep of a forward group this is. I mean, you hear about, you know, Barkoff and Huberto, Huberto all the time, but, um, you know, it goes so much deeper than that with Reinhardt and Bennett and, and this Mason Marchman, who I didn't really know much about, but uh, he's quite a player. So, I mean, it's a deep, deep, deep forward group, and then we just added Claude Giroux too. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's an impressive forward group. So let me get this straight. You get traded to the Montreal Canadiens, or I'm sorry, you get traded from the Montreal Canadiens to Florida. You don't... Uh, pack up and leave you actually stay and practice at their facilities and you play against them and now you're still in montreal that seems a little strange after a trade no kidding i like you think you get traded and it's tough like your family is upset and you got to leave that night i was sitting around my house for about seven days by the seventh day my wife was like what like why are you still here? Yeah. when are you leaving can you get out of here so it uh yeah, it was a unique circumstance. And then t- for the game, like I literally drove from my house down to the to the game there at the Bell Center last night. So it's uh, wild. Yeah, it was a unique circumstances. But we took uh, had a practice this morning. Took a train to Ottawa, so I'm mixed in with the group now and and, uh, and happy to be, to be doing so. How was the the experience of going into the trade uh, a deadline or? or, or... In your case, uh, a, a few days before that, uh, just in terms of where am I going to be? Did you have a sense of, of Florida and their push, uh, or was it just completely open to you? Yeah, well, I mean, as you guys know, my name had been out there almost since the beginning of the year, basically since October, November. So had a strong sense, and in talking with, with the new management, they you know, they had let me know that more likely than not I'd be moved, and so I knew I was moving somewhere, and then, you know, you hear the, the teams out there that were in the mix, and um, I think Florida was kind of in it from the very beginning, and, um, you know, I'm happy uh, happy I landed where I did. Ben, I'm dying to ask you, just, you know, you're with Montreal, and you play Toronto. Obviously, there's the rivalry with Toronto there. Now you're in Florida. There's still kind of a Toronto thing, just based on, you know, good teams that are going to have a shot at things. 
you know, last year in playoffs here, there was a lot of narrative driven around, you know, you, you grab Austin Matthews and kind of ragdoll him a little bit and he smiles through it and, and, you know, ends up being on the wrong side of the series for, for the Maple Leafs. What are your thoughts on, you know, what happened there? Did it give you another thought like I'm not going to get any pushback from this team if I'm able to grab him or did you just not even think about it again? Will you ragdoll Austin Matthews <laughs> again if you play them? That's what we want to know. Yeah, you know what? I think my job is just to make it difficult on the other team's best players. And, you know, we all know how good Austin Matthews is. So if I can if I can rattle him here or there or, or just make life miserable for him, that's that's kind of my job on the ice. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. It's just to make it, make life hard for those skilled guys. And um, and that's, that's what I try and do in a playoff series. Hey, Ben, uh, in, in my era, man, I didn't have people dragging me into video rooms or uh, or coaches' rooms and, and start giving me uh, all these numbers on uh, analytics and uh, advanced stats. And, you know, sometimes you look at yours and they're not that favorable. Um, I mean, how, how do you respond to that? And ultimately, uh, is, it, is it something that you can use as a tool or is it kind of overstated sometimes for you? Um, you know what, I think it's, it's a piece of the puzzle when you're, you know, um, analyzing a player, <clears throat> but is it the whole story? No, I think it's a small part of it. Um, you know, I guess I'm on the ice for more shots against than shots for, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm going out there against pretty good players every, every shift mm-hmm. I go out there. So, you know, I, we weren't having a lot of success this year in Montreal. Maybe that's, you know, a, a part of it, but like I said, I think it's a small part of, of you know, analyzing a player. And, um, I, you know, I know there's people that put all the weight into that and, and none into kind of what I'm watching a guy and see what he does out there. Um, so, you know what, I don't really have much, much to say about it. I don't really understand some of them. You know what, I don't know what X. G-A-R. <laughs> we, I, don't I don't either. Know, I don't know. It's not I, important. I don't know. I wasn't a big math guy in school, and I, I don't really understand the heat maps and the stat and all the other stuff that goes with it. So um, I'll leave that to uh, to the experts experts who who break all that stuff down. Yeah, nice. Well, so is there something for you where you know the the trade happens? And it feels a little bit reinvigorating. It's obviously not like you're not giving your best effort every night in Montreal, but does it feel like a fresh start here, a new season? Is you ready to get going again? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, when you jump on a new team, you're you're kind of moving on a jumping on a moving train a little bit. They've kind of they've been in a good flow all year, basically from the, at the right from the get go. They're at the top of the standing, so you just want to get in with the group, blend in, don't. Uh, kind of mess any any of the chemistry that I got going on and just kind of play my game. And uh, so, yeah, that's about it. I'm just uh, just trying to blend in with the group. And the firepower, I know you mentioned Huberto, but you're watching Barkov and you're like, if Barkov played in Canada or if he, if he was a Montreal Canadian, we'd be talking about uh, him uh, with the best players in the world constantly. And there's been some issues in Florida keeping the puck out of the net. I got to think that uh, you going down there now, it, you, that's your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. That's what uh, my job will be here is, is, is taking care of our own end and making sure we're, we're tough to play against come playoff time. Um, when you talk about Barkoff, like I've been on the ice with him a couple times now and just – 
he's quickly climbing up there as one of the best, you know, best players I've seen on the ice. And I've, you know, talk about like a Blake Wheeler or a Shifley or Bufflin guys like that. He's, uh, he's quickly, you know, changing my mind on who, who the most skilled guy I've played with is. Yeah, no, that's, he's a, he's a special guy. Uh, last one for me, Ben, we appreciate your time. Just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, how important the physical element is in the playoffs. I look at this Florida team and I see, you know, Gudis go after guys and Marchment and Lomberg, and there's just seems no shortage of, uh, of toughness on that team. You know, do, do you think that's a crucial element or is the skill side end up being more important? I think, you know what, you need both to be honest yeah. early in the series. It's so important to, establish that physicality, wear opponents down, make them, you know, you're trying to make them break in a, in a playoff series that game by game five, six, seven. Uh, they don't want to go back and get that puck. Or they don't want to go in the corner with you to get, get a loose puck. It's, it's a little more mental than physical at that point when you're wearing a team down. It's uh, so that's the biggest thing. And then you need to have the skill to score the big goals and, 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 you know, create offense. So, you got to have a good mix of both. I think we got a good mix here. And um, it's not just a certain couple guys. It's the whole team. Your top guys have to play hard and they have to, you know, come through in the clutch offensively and they got to be able to play hard and battle through, you know, because the other team is going to play physical on them as well. So it's uh, you got to have both and it comes, you know, all throughout your lineup. It's not just a couple guys. So are, are you a Lamborghini and, and South Beach type of guy? <laughs> You know what? I've had two trucks my whole career, and I don't know if I want to. I've been taking heat from my from my uh, Dodge Ram here that I've had for a couple of years now. So <laughs> I don't know if I'd fit in a Lamborghini, and uh, I don't know if I want to spend the money on one. So I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get a new a new truck or something. Maybe I'll just ride my bike. <laughs> That's the answer. Great bike lanes <laughs> on South yeah. Beach. Yeah, work on the tan while I'm riding the bike. Hey, Ben, we really appreciate your time. We know it's been busy and hectic for you, and uh, so appreciate uh, the few minutes you gave us today. We wish you the best of luck. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Ben Chirot, Florida Panthers, and potentially Ben Chirot versus Austin Matthews round two coming this spring. You know, I, I asked him the question about physical play, and I couldn't, you know, he said a couple of things. He said, you want to wear guys down that so later in the series they hesitate, you know, and you think the Leafs had them down 3-1, but games 5, 6, and 7 didn't get the job done. He said your top guys have to be physical and battle, and, you know, they have to be hard too, can't just come from a couple guys. I couldn't, you know, we're a Leafs show. I couldn't help but hear Leafs-tinged things in some of the comments. I, that, was the, that was the thing that I liked the most, what he said, because that's true. You just, there's certain guys that you just, you're sick of seeing them. And he was one of those guys, I'm sure, for for the top guys in the Leaf. You're just sick of seeing him. He's leaning on you. He's in your face at all times. He's, Borny, you had to ask him. He's ragdolling Matthews. Like, it's just, I like I liked it. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. It's just, you get sick of seeing guys over a seven-game series, and that's a huge part of it, the mental aspect of it, of just being sick of it. You're not, you're not as likely to go back there. Top that's players, that's what you get every spring. Yeah. In a seven-game series, that's... What it's all about. And we used to get a Bible this thick on everybody in the first round. And that would be in it for for Matthews is to get into his face to challenge him. I think this time around, though, Austin will be ready. Mm -hmm. And I do go back to the cross check, the two-game suspension, one step back for two steps forwards. Have you not noticed that Matthews has been more physical since he's come back 
oh, off. It's, it's noticeable. It's noticeable. He's found he's found that that bite. I'm telling you, that will be the last time anybody ragdolls him. Yeah. If Ben Chirac goes up against him, he will not do that again to Austin Matthews because Austin will not allow it this time. I, I, I'm I, looking forward to seeing I actually completely happens. agree with that. I think him taking that, like we talked about it, and it's a take that's been out there, but that two-game suspension may be the two best games he, he's taken. He spends, I think it cost him $111,000. Yeah, he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll be okay. He'll be fine. He has, he yeah. has a Balenciaga jacket worth more than that. Yeah. He'll be fine. <laughs> he spills that in on a weekend in the offseason. Yeah. No with, problem. With the beeb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be ready. But, uh, hey, Florida all in. There's no question. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Sherrod ad's nice. The Drew one is no small potatoes. This team is... Two the, helpers last night. Is that what he ended up with? I don't know. Is that yeah, true? Yeah. I think so. 17 and a half minutes. Off they go. It's exciting. I really feel like the playoffs this season are going to be so fun to watch, particularly in the East. You know, maybe the least appealing matchup is potentially Pittsburgh Rangers, which also sounds awesome. Like all the East great, matchups. Are- great laundry in that one. Yeah, really. It great- just looks good on TV. Both yeah. great jerseys, you know, historic, good color contrast. It looks good on TV. When I when I worked at the score, I always did a um, jersey aesthetics ranking for every playoff series. Oh, yeah. It's, it matters. It matters. Because you can't pe- watch like pe- Carolina, Detroit. People to, like, oh, no, but people that are like, what a final Colorado Tampa would be. Hockey would be amazing, but like, like I don't care about those two teams that much. You know, it's a sweater matchup for you. Yeah. Anyways, Kipper, he's fired up about this. Yeah, you guys are. (laughs) I, I I took the off ramp on that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sammy, did we get any text into five ninety five ninety? Should we dip into YouTube for questions? Take what do you got for us, Sammy? We got lots of stuff pouring in here. So this is a simple one. It has no name, which I hate. So put your name on it. How detrimental would another Leafs round one loss be to an already on edge fan base? I will say going into this past summer, you, Sammy, and many people like yourself said you just wouldn't pay attention this year. Mm-hmm. Like you just were over it. You couldn't. And then I get got hurt. this job. Yeah. <laughs> but you could Is that what get... happened? Yeah. yeah. yeah I was, was like, done. oh, I'm back into the Leafs, I guess. Just I when they think you're out, yeah. they pull you right back in. Do you really believe that there's a percentage out there that are sitting on the, and let's face it, any fan base in any sport will have those fair weather fans that just jump on because it's a cool time of the year. Everybody's getting together. The bars are going. The house parties yeah, are like, going. What are, we, what are we celebrating? I'll come for fun. Sure. But is it uh, a larger percentage based on the disappointments of last season? I think so. I do think that the they have lost fans over the five straight first round exits. I think those fans have lost some context when you look at what most fan bases go through and they've been a good team for five straight years, been in the mix. It's not like they've got rolled in the first round. They've been a good team. But the hopes get so high and you can only take so much pain. You know, mm-hmm. could could you take one more shiving from the Leafs and then come back and cheer again? The, the one thing that... Last, I, uh, yeah, sorry, just last year was just such... Three one, such a brutal situation that I think that like it would just people would be like, oh, you know, they lost to Tampa, they lost to Boston. uh, What else is new? You know, they got beat by a team that's better than them. I think I think this year would be not as bad as last year. Let's just say that last year last year is as disgusted as I've ever been. To win, they're supposed to win two rounds last year in the Canadian division. But you also but you also had. Kyle Dubas talked a lot of Leaf fans off the ledge saying that he still believes in this group and that 
They will that's be. not what Leaf fans wanted to hear. No, but they. But that's what they. They whether they liked it, didn't like it, whether they felt it was uh, tactfully uh, addressed to them or jammed down their throats. That's what they got. Kyle c- cannot go to the well. Correct. This time with that. Mm-hmm. So that will be new. If in fact they do disappoint, that will be the 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 new. Uh, angle here is all right we're, we're not getting that this group can do it anymore so whether or not you keep your job or not uh what's what's the sale is it going to be we Next have thing to got to sell is kyle dubas to the fan base not what kyle dubas yeah, has to you, sell to them I, that's a valid point i think there's two sides it's very much like politics we've talked about it a million times but there's two sides of the fan base when it comes to kyle dubas those who think he can do no wrong and those who think he can do no right I don't really think if you walk up to any average Leaf fan and ask, go, them, for, okay. ask them for their opinion on Kyle Dubas, there are going to be many people down the middle. I, I really, totally I, agree with that. You know why, though? I, Kyle ahead. has been painted as, you know, spectacles up the nose nerd who looks at the numbers and runs his equations like, you know, the Zach Galifianakis gif, and mm-hmm. then, you know, comes up with, if you don't like him, you say Nick Patan. If you do like him, you say Michael Bunting. You know, but that that's the perception of him by the public, whether it's right or wrong, and I would argue it's yeah. pretty clearly wrong, but mm-hmm. but he would if they ended up losing in the first round, it's almost and and he did keep his job. Yeah. The next one would be who's going. And I would think outside of Austin Matthews, the no, question well, is Nylander or Marner. Oh, I mean that's no question. That that would be, that would be the one that changes the dynamic of this team moving forward. If Kyle gets that opportunity, but that's a pretty I, like we don't need to go down the trade Nylander conversation because people get bent out of shape about that. But the way that the two two guys have looked this year, in terms of the steps they've taken, Marner's clearly taken a step since you know since January. He's leading the league in scoring. He's been one of the best players in the league. Yeah, he's one and of the Willie Nylander and Willie Nylander still just Willie Nylander, which is a good player. I but think he's had the most points since like uh, early in the year. January first, he definitely has the most since in the league. He's been on fire. Oh yeah. Anyways, I when just he's gone. He's gone. Right there, you go. Um, you guys, Did ready for? See... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I'd rather take their questions than ask mine. Could, okay. Uh, could Matthews or can Marner get into uh, an M- if he kept up this pace? Could he not be in an MVP conversation for sure? Why not? No. Why not? Unless he's not even close. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Not even close. Why, why? Not even close. Not even he's close. He's got more points than Matthews. Yeah. How many goals? And he's half the player Matthews is. No, he's not half the player. I kind of felt no. like antagonizing you a little <laughs> oh bit there. Oh, my God. I mean, he's no, doing it. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Boys, he, that, he, he kills JB, penalties, you know, uh, that a lot of good points over a lot of <laughs> months here. Don't cash them all back to me by telling me he's half a player Matthews is. I don't even mean that. That's not even a sincere point. That's really okay. just trying to antagonize okay, you. Okay, it was good. <laughs> it got him, got him better in shape. It worked. All right. No, but it's fair. We're going in a different direction here. A little okay. NHL trivia. Okay. Name, this is from Matt in Toronto. Love this question. Name the five players in NL, NHL history to tally 150 points plus in one season. Only five guys have done it. Five guys, 150 points? Yes. 99. So, 66. Correct. 68. Got a Yager? Nope. nope, no Yager. No, no. Uh, definitely Stevie Y. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Dale Howard, Chuck? Nope. No. Um, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> Marcel Dion? Nope. 
No, 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 no. Not anybody in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, One was late 80s. Messier? Nope. Curry. Oh, curry. Nope. Coffee? Nope. You guys want them? No. <laughs> you want to just keep <laughs> guessing? No. Yeah. We're going to sit here for the next 20 <laughs> yes. minutes. Um, I, 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 how many did you say did in total? Sid ever Five. Get? No, Sid never. No, you got three so far. Oh. You got Lemieux, you got Gretzky. Top ones there, boys. Really oh, nailed know, those two. Wow. Well, you got to pick 80s. off the low-hanging before. And, uh, not Sackick. Nope. And you got Steve Eisenman, too. So you got three. Uh, I can't believe Yager didn't Brett get 150 Hall? points. Brett Hall had like 86 goals. Yarmy Yager had 149. Oh, wow. In 95-96. Okay. Um, you got to give me a hint. Uh, I hate it when people just blurt it out. One of the guy's last name uh, is a coin, too. <laughs> it's a coin. It's Friday, for God's sakes. <laughs> Bernie okay, Nichols? Is- yes. <laughs> Bernie Nichols. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dime, and the, quarter. And the other one had a, a brother who was a goalie. Oh, Phil. Yeah. Phil Esposito. I would never have Yeah, I would have. Yeah, Phil Esposito. It had a gun to my head, and I'd have lost my life And what's the most Bobby one. Orr had? 103? 104? 130. No, 120. Oh, 139. Decent right. year. That was the same year Phil had 152. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Orr in 70, 71 had 37 goals and 102 assists. Oh, my In Lordy. 78 games. Decent year. Yeah, Wayne did it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. <laughs> Kill McCarr had a 40-goal pace going as late yeah. as, what, November? Flipping along, but Yossi has surpassed him, right? No, not in goals, but there's Great. another guy that could, uh, I think, be right there for an MVP. Agreed. I told you that uh, the other day. Great question there. Good job, Matt. And, and Sid, Sid could sneak into the sneak into that conversation. Right. So who I have, I have Yossi, Marner, and and Sid sneaking We've, into the conversation? The list is is not as easy. It's not a runaway for any of these guys. You're right. That's a runaway for Matthews. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy. It's I he, I, listen, we can talk about it all you want, but it's just that he's going to win the MVP. Um, next question here, fellas. Yes. Who is more likely to bounce back to peak form? Jake Muzzin or Jack Campbell? I'll, I'll go Jack off of... Uh, I think that's the right answer. Potentially Kipper. broken rib, then two concussions. You know, I think, though, yeah, I think the difference for me is that Muzzin, it's like, is it a physical thing, like where the just can't get the car up to speed anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, Campbell seems like a mental thing. I, don't, I know the rib was an issue, but I, I feel like it's more, can he get his head right and get back to that playing ability with, with Muzzin? You worry that it's physical. This that. is huge, by the way. Which one, both? If Muzzin can or can't mm-hmm. he can get back to his level. I think it's more important that Campbell does than, than Muzzin yeah, does. Yeah, they don't have a chance if Campbell doesn't. Right? No chance. Mm-hmm. Even if Campbell does, it won't be at a 947 save percentage. No, but all he needs 915. But if Muzzin doesn't come back and regain his form, then the best you could hope is Geo washes him out mm-hmm. and you're still... Same At decor. the same place that you were before, uh, questioning your decor. Yeah, if, unless you think Labushkin is substantially different. Yeah. 
you know, I can see a Labushkin uh, Geo pair at the bottom at some point if you go Muzzin Hall and Riley Brody. You know what I found really interesting, and I don't think anybody's even given it a second thought, is Philip Myers being traded to the Marlies after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We know he's... We never mentioned that. We, we know he's... Uh, I'm mentioning it now. <laughs> it just it happened. happened two days ago. <laughs> yeah, a good producer would have had that on the list, by the way. <laughs> Definitely. 100%. <laughs> that one, uh, at one point, you, you, you looked at... Philip Myers and the success that he had in Florida, and he signed a contract. 150 for, NHL games. Right. And at one point, not too long ago, he's a pretty important piece for the Philadelphia Flyers. He gets uh, moved to Nashville, and David Poyle or uh, Coach uh, Hines doesn't like him. How does he end up with the Marlies? 6'5, 210, 25 years old. So I. Somebody had mentioned to me that uh, they were close on a trade. Nashville and Toronto? Yes. Okay. And it didn't get done. Because you see the pieces kind of move because they did Biega to Nashville for futures. Then yes. they did Myers. I assume that was the future. wonder what it would have been. Well, it would have been money in, money out. Mm. So. Like Forsberg. Forsberg. Well, he wasn't available, right? I mean, was Sammy was fantasizing about him for no, a long no, run. No, 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 no. Money in, money out. Forsberg, uh, Forsberg, uh, <laughs> Myers at what? Two, two and a half. Don't know. Yeah. Okay. So who's? Oh, like a player. Two, two and a half. Yeah. To actually get Myers in the lineup yes. for them this year. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. So Hall. Yeah. Mm. He's right shot. He is a right shot. This... But w- regardless, I really believe that uh, if. If Myers goes down there and he and he helps them and he's he looks good, I I, I see him as a Toronto Maple Leaf next uh, next October. Yeah, I, I can too, Kipper. And I think that was kind of the idea: get him over here and have this guy be a part of it. And certainly, one of the you need guys who can play cheap. He is ineligible. Yeah, it's a bummer. Okay, this is a good one. Kipper born. Kipper and born. If the owners ever wanted to uh, to even things out, why isn't the salary cap adjusted for the taxes where the team plays? Uh, if there's no tax in Arizona and uh, 12% in California, why isn't the LA team's cap 12% higher? Wouldn't that make it truly even? Tony in Woodstock. Uh, that's a good point. Well, first of all, you're not in control of taxes in any state. They can go up, they can go yeah. down, they could disappear. Who knows? I True. mean, it's just... Uh, you, well, the taxes go down? Yeah, well, Taxes I know. never go down. Are you <laughs> sure about that? I don't know. I'm just... They're only going one way. You. The bigger picture is you don't control that aspect of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is no question that uh, it's huge. Absolutely huge. And we talked about uh, the Donov uh, going from zero state tax to 12.3 in California. And that's a swing of close to $600,000. You know, that's when, a Lamborghini for Ben Sherratt, by the way. Yeah, you know one thing, though, that we don't do justice to on this show, on any show, whenever we discuss this stuff, it's not truly going down to zero or up to 13.3 because they actually get taxed where they work. So on days they play in other states, they pay that state's yeah. taxes, right? I've done it. Yeah. Really? So yeah. you actually pay... I- it got crazy once for me where you pay, you pay taxes in like seven states. Yeah. And that's because 
they're not stupid. They see the ball players coming in for a weekend series on three days, and they're making, you know, at the time, uh, 10, 15 years ago, they were still making six, eight, ten million dollars a year. Yeah, you're coming to play nice, in our province or state. A nice chunk of change for three you're days. You're working here, earning money while you're here. We would like our portion. So yeah, you need a, a tax guy who's. You know, so yeah, you get 41 home dates in a tax-free state, and yeah. if you play in a division with a lot of tax-free, but it's more complicated than just you make this here and you make that there. Which excites the accountants because all yeah. they need this is, is great more radio. Time. Let me tell you about the percentage <laughs> of the fraction you pay. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting idea for a boy, Tony in Woodstock. Yes, we do appreciate that. Uh, this one, who gets paid more next season, Sandine or Lilligren, and what's their AAV? Because they both they're both, they're both RFAs next year. Curious to there, see there's what they not do a ton Sandine. of uh, there's not a ton of uh, negotiation for them. There really isn't. But if you were the Leafs, would you look at a guy like Sandine and say we want to give him a long term deal to save money down the road? Um, Probably um, not. Unless unless you you're... go by UFA years, yeah, you don't need to go down that path. I think if you had a lot of salary cap flexibility, you'd say to a guy like Sandine, "What if we give you four million times like eight years?" Chikrin kind of move, right? And then hopefully it looks like an absolute steal at some point. But with their cap situation, they, yeah, need, well, they need him cheap tomorrow. They did that with Jack Hughes. Yeah. They leveraged that. For sure in, they did. In uh, two or three years, eight will be a fantastic number. Yeah. It's like for someone that... Drysaddle making eight right now is like, what? He makes eight? That's right. Or McKinnon makes six, five. Or you're trying to get that sort but of... But is re- that where you have Sandine now into that eight years I, I, please, great, great please, question. Please, please tell me you need to see more. As much as we can say yeah. he's he's trending in the right direction, yeah, you do not want to be wrong about this. I know. It's a great, you know, it's a good question. Plus, he can't fit it in. Well, 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 that's that's the concern why you can't do it with him. But like, let's say you're a team that was rebuilding. You know, would I give Sandine eight times four? Probably. Four? 3.54, I don't know. He will never take that. No, I think he wouldn't. he's nuts to take that. Because there's the potential Just, he could be a, a guy who makes five, six, you know, in the middle of his year contra, or middle correct. of his career. Correct. So I, I, I don't think you want to lock into that. And if if you could even so double bridge, your salary, I mean, he's bridge. on an entry-level contract now. So even on a, a, on a short two-year deal to get you into a place where you can start thinking about salary arb, You'll be fine with two times two, two, two and one, a half, two two and a half. Yeah, that's where that's where it generally should go. Lilligren, I think it's it'd be much harder for him to make the case that he's worth a ton. I was, was going to say like played nine fifty, one yeah. million range for him for a couple Might years. Might try to do one, the same thing. One two, one four. What they did Dermot was making one point two five. Yeah, it was with just, Dermot. Yeah, oh, right. You, yeah. You, move, you move up. You move up uh, the lily pad just like you moved up well, uh, Dermot's contract. Get, him, get away from Giordano. You know. You know, yeah, you're not doing yourself. <laughs> Lilligren playing with Gio. Lilligren's agent is listening to whatever Giordano no, says. Just He's recording. F- it. Fire your agent and hire Gio. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Get, get Gio to get in there and negotiate for you. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Okay, this is an interesting one. The Selkie conversation. Uh, should Elias Elias Lindholm win the Selkie or at least be in the top three finalists? Who do you have as the Selkie winner? Well, prior to Bergeron uh, going down, I, I think uh, I think his numbers were right up there with everything. Yeah. You want to just change the pace, then you go uh, Lindholm. 
Yeah, Lindholm is. He's is got a, thirty goals. Yeah, I think so. He's he's on an absolute tear here. I just I had a uh, some of these guys in the top of my head. Joel Erickson Eck in Minnesota is an interesting one. Um, you know, we we joked about Marner. You know, he's a guy who always kind of on the outside of things plays pretty well, but uh, in that capacity, I, I, I would have to plus forty five Lindholm. Plus forty five. Yes, Johnny oh. Hockey plus forty. Plus forty four. And Kachuk plus thirty-eight. I, I, That's off the charts. Plus, plus minus to me, the high and low ends tell the story. Yes, you know when anyone it's in the middle, plus or minus yeah. twenty, you're like, I don't know, it's a bad team, bad situation. Like Lindstrom was like plus eighty-eight every year, and yeah. it was like, oh, plus minus doesn't matter. Pretty sure that matters. Yeah, like, I looked you know? at Chris Pronger's career too, and it's like he didn't play on all these great wherever he was. Great player, great, you know, had a great effect on that. So it's overrated till it's not overrated. Right, Couturier is a guy who gets his name mentioned in there. Barkov. You, this is one. This is just catnip for this is uh, cat kip. Um, cat kip. <laughs> thank you, Marner. Ever. One year for the for the Selkie, the way he kills last, penalties last these year days. He, he got votes. This, I mean, I feel like the way he kills penalties and the way he's been more responsible in his own zone in the past couple of years, I feel like he could be trending into being one of the top three guys that gets votes. Let's see here. Well, look at the 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 Selkie list from the Athletic right now, which uses their advanced metrics as Bergeron, then Marchand, Anthony Sorelli, Backlund, Rope Hintz, Lindholm, Marcus Foligno. I love those kind of guys. Yeah, Buchnevich, Ryan O'Reilly, Nuchushkin. Definitely Marner's game should be, and Matthews. I mean, we've talked about Matthews mm. and both being guys in have a Selkie, so but those guys on, of the puck. on both sides of the puck have been excellent for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think, I think it needs to be one of those years. You, you usually put together uh, those type of awards with team success. Yeah. And that's where Calgary looks real good so far in the standings and individually. Yep, for sure. We got time for one more there, Sammy, or we used up? I accidentally entered, exited out of the YouTube stream, so I'm panicking back now to get there. But <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're good. We, we got lots hey, in today. You Big guys, weekend. Let's tee it up. You guys had a conversation uh, just before we went on air about uh, – uh, a Blue Jay guy with a funny name, or what was it? What was that? What, how did Greg Bird? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? <laughs> his name's Greg Bird. Greg Bird. The, the Greg Bird. The Jay Bird. Playing for the Jays. And, uh, Bird playing for the Jays. And our guy Alex Wong tweeted that that's like the Raptors having a guy named Mike Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were we going to talk about no, Team no, no, Canada hold, soccer? Hold on, hold on. Um, so I just want to think like, are there any names out there? I, I thought of one for hockey. We got. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Bear is a Bruin. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Huh? That's good. That's very good. And I got one for Sammy. Uh-oh. For the Maple Leafs. What? Jimmy Fallon. audience in the back room. Weren't were you going to play a John Herdman Who's clip, too? Man? Oh, yeah. I got a Kipper Clipper. We do have a clip. Okay. We're going off the board on a Friday, and I'm going to Team Canada, who did not clinch... Uh, a place in the World Cup just yet. They're going to have to wait till Sunday. Sammy, ha, 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 like all because of what? Two crossbars? They all heart, this team. All heart. All heart. Like with, I with honestly, man down. Man down. They went down early in this, sorry, late in the second, uh, first half, sorry. Uh, Mark Anthony K, a couple of bad fouls, red card, and then they dominated. Okay, give me my one kipper clipper here on, um, on John uh, Herdman. Well, we said it out on the pitch. I mean, uh, again, I don't have to say too much in these moments because I've got great leaders. I've got great people. Milan, Atiba, Junior, 
You know, they all said something in that huddle, and it's clear, like, it wasn't to be tonight. It's in our stars to do this at home. And we've got to get the things right, the process is right. We've got to go through this recovery now, get through the flight, and no excuses. So it's in our hands, destiny's in our hands to go home and qualify at home. And, and that was the message in the huddle. Just get out that dressing room, get on our flight, do your processes, and get ready, Canada, because we're coming. See, I love that. First of all, I'm I about to cry back here, boys. That guy, well, I love him. I'm ready to run through a wall. Yeah. The number one thing is he alluded to his leaders, which means you don't have to listen to me. Yeah. I listen to so many coaches in their post, and it's like uh, they, they think they're going to teach Ego, you something right? new and listen to me. He's like, no, listen to the leaders. And I, I just know, you know, being around guys like Messier and Gilmore and Rod Langway, I, really good leaders, just that feeling of knowing that you should have won and you didn't, and how he said that the players said just – get in the shower, get on the plane, and go home. And I've come off losses where nobody spoke a word. Yeah. Not in the shower, not getting dressed, not on the bus, not on the plane until you got home. Yeah. And I know that's what happened last night for Team Canada. Yeah. They are just going to be all business Sunday. Boy. That, that was, you know, they, I don't know if it's a European thing, but just like the grandeur of the language. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just so uh, so much more like it's it's just in our it's our so, in our destiny. I know. I know. Yeah. I, you listen to it. You listen to a, watch a, a soccer game like an EPL game, and these guys the words they use it's like oh my god like oh simply scrumptious. It's like what are you talking about? <laughs> just thesaurus language anyway, for everything. Oh, we got a couple more. We got a couple more uh, quick things about uh, guys who play for certain teams. Yeah. How about Miro Chatan as a devil? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and uh, Marty St. Louis in St. Louis. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Okay, predictions this weekend, boys. How about B.B. King as a St. Louis Blue? Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> Complete it. non-hockey players. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pulling it, right? Um, hey, uh, all right. Danny DeVito as a penguin? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Friday. I'm sorry. What do we think this weekend? Ah, are they going to have the sleepy Saturday night game while thinking about the Sunday game against the Cats? That's the question. Here's my prediction, boys. Ready? Okay. They beat, they beat Montreal. They beat Florida. Wow. I say lose to Montreal, beat Florida. We're talking about Matthews with 50 goals on Monday. He's got 46 right now? Yeah. Whew. Beat Montreal, beat Florida. Yeah. And how don't, about, how about lose to Montreal? Don't. 60. Do not jump. Over Montreal. Yeah. No, I think that's going to be the the message for sure, is is focusing on that Saturday night game. Uh, I am curious to see how desperately, like, what's Jack Campbell's story here? You know, we're, we're Jack about to Campbell's leech been skating April. all week, and I've got him another seven to ten days. Do not rush him back. You know, I... Good thing they don't have any big games the next seven to ten days. Oh, so my I, God, I... You know, I remember that there was this guy who set out to become a PGA Tour player, and he was he'd never played golf. It was like a 10,000 hours thing, and they were like, all right, start with a wedge. Hit just a wedge for a month, and it took forever to get to playing golf. you got to play. I feel that way about Campbell. you got to get in these games. Like, the treadmill's moving pretty fast here. Our thanks to Rick Vive, yes. Doug McLean, Ben Sherratt. Thanks, all of you, for joining us on our YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, we came close to 200 likes. Cam Fowler is a duck is a good one. Someone just mentioned. Yeah. 15 to go. Maybe a few more likes for us. We hope you enjoyed the week watching and listening. Real Kipper and Bourne. We'll see you Monday.